I mean, you know, I could get every mash bill from from Buffalo Trace and not be able to reproduce what they do. Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events. We conduct interviews and good old fashioned shit talking. Our host, Bill, Anthony and Delvin will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. Shadow Ridge Spirits Company, now known as SR Distilled, was started by Navy veteran Sean Hallman. He comes through and joins the fellas to talk about the industry, his independent distillery, and how he sees the game changing in the future. So pour one up, vibe with us, as we kick off our Black Future series in a collaboration with Spirited Media. Let's go. Uh, welcome to the Black and Brown Podcast. I am your man, A. Colbert, and as always, I'm with my guys, Dub H. Stevens. What's going on, cousin? Good what's to the see deal? You. What's the deal, homie? <laughs> <laughs> and our man, Delvin Joyce, the people's choice. What's the deal, fam? What, what's going on? It's a little subdued tonight. Chilling, man. Chilling. I, I see that, man. Long week. <laughs> Long and to, week. And tonight is the first in our series with Spirited Media, and we have joining us on the podcast from SR Distilled. Our guy, Sean Holman. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, we appreciate you being here, brother. All yeah, the way from the left coast. Yes, sir. Yes, the West West. Yes. So you in yeah. uh, what, San Diego, is that correct? Or Yeah, I'm in North San Diego County on the beach. On, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, right. so so he's done huh? early on us. Yeah, just start. Said, I'm on the beach. I'm on I the beach. I'm in bad and the distilleries in Oceanside. Oceanside, okay, got yeah. it. Now, now, we're golfers, so how far is all that from like La Jolla? Yeah, Torrey Pines. Uh, so we're probably about 20 minutes north of La Jolla. Oh. Uh, the big, uh, yeah, La Costa Country Club is in, I think they call themselves Omni now, where Omni. they used to have a lot of match play. Yeah. Uh, is is in Carlsbad. Okay. It's the Aviera that's currently in LG, uh, LPGA. Do you, do you, are you a golfer? I haven't golfed in a while. I used to golf every day. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's same. Gonna, And then you start making bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have one expensive hobby, right? For real, for real. Uh, yeah, and this, this is it right here. Yeah. This is a very expensive hobby. <laughs> nice. Outstanding. Well, cool. Like we said, welcome to the show. Um, as we have our guest on, we always like to ask the three standard questions. And of course, with you being our first guest in this, in this collab with Spirited Media, we have a few other questions we want to throw in as well. Um, so for the first question for our listeners and for ourselves is, what was that one thing that made you fall in love with the brown, or as I understand how you're doing it, the rum? <laughs> I, you know, it, it, I love spirits. Uh, I, gotcha. I love all spirits. I think they all have their place. Uh, people always ask me what's my favorite drink, and it's you know, it, it depends on the kind of day I'm having. Mm-hmm. True but, story. I mean, you know, I growing up, I knew some Scotch drinkers. Um, you know, as I grew older, I really could appreciate a lot of the the nuances of different type of whiskey. Whether it was, you know, American whiskey, like a bourbon or a rye, a Canadian whiskey, uh, scotch, you know, whether single malt uh, and, or blended, mm-hmm. they all have their little nuances that I just fell in love with. Cool. Oh, outstanding. Cool, cool. Outstanding. Nice. That's dope. I think nuances was a but, great use. But, right but you didn't tell us what your gateway was. Like, so what was that gateway spirit that made you fall in love with bourbon or rye or whatever it was? <laughs> Um, my first experience with brown was actually wild turkey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. regular one on one. Myself, um, 
I was definitely under the age of 21 <laughs> and probably definitely under the age of 16. Wow. But I can appreciate it. Yeah, wow. Now, now, where were you at the time? Was this in, did you grow up in California? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Born in Long Beach, lived in San Diego for a while. Okay. And then I graduated from high school in Upland, which is about 35 miles east of Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So the legal drinking age out there is what, 16? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so you were good. You were good, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll put our legal team on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy, man. Like, even OC Bottle Shop, like, born and bred, Cali, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I'm born out there, man. Never leave. Yeah, well, yeah. But here's the thing. California uh, is know, so I, big, right? Like, you well, can... yeah, but I, I did. Actually, I did leave. Um, oh, okay. I went to undergrad at Southern University in Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. HBCU, right? H- yeah, HBCU. Nice. Yeah. yeah, my mom's from Louisiana. My dad's from North Carolina. So I oh, spent really? a lot of time, you know, summer trips. And uh, yeah, my dad's from Southern Pines. Yo, oh, Pinehurst. Oh, wow. I, I was I was trying to decipher the accent, right? I was like, this. The, I mean, he don't sound like a Cali guy. Like he a little strong on his R's. Yeah, yeah. I will give him that. <laughs> He's been there a minute, <laughs> but he got like a little bit of a Southern drawl. Right? Oh, Southern. Yeah, wow. yeah that, was, that was a lot of time in in Louisiana, North Carolina, and, and then my parents moved to Florida, so I spent a lot of time down there. But I mean, I was already out of the house. Right. Yeah, I was a naval officer for seven years, so I moved around with that. Dope. Um, nice, man. Been, you know, been vet- back in California since twenty uh, since two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. 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 That's dope. That's dope. So, um, vet to vet, man. Thanks for your service, and when I say it, I really mean it. You know what I'm saying? No, thank you. I appreciate it. No doubt. Thank you no for doubt. Yours. No, no, no doubt. I'm yeah, thank of, you guys for yeah, your service. Yeah, appreciate welcome, you guys. No, no, real Cheers. talk. Like when we in time, like right now with yes. this Russia Ukraine thing, mm-hmm. yeah. like that. That honestly, that right. service yeah. means a lot more. Like it puts it in perspective because right, people mean, land. I mean, it's not just hey, I you know I'm gonna go join the military. It's if 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 the s hits the fan, it hits yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It hits. We we yeah. we go into war. That is yeah. very true. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Fact. You can say goodbye to your family, and that may be the last time you see them or they see you. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's dope. Yeah. So cheers. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. So, so, so with our follow up question, not to you know get all morbid a little bit and everything, but our second question we like to follow up with is: being in the industry, are there any bottles out there that you're hunting that you're currently trying to track down? Uh, to be honest with you, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't hunt unicorns. Like, yeah, I. I don't. Uh, I mean, luckily, a lot of my friends are distillers. Yeah, and you know, whiskey aficionados. So I, I've I've tasted plenty out there. Right. So I really haven't been on the hunt for any bottles. Uh, you know, they come up out here. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, there's a lot of. I mean, places here where you can just walk in. Like, for instance, CVS sells Eagle Rare. What? What? Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. I got to edit that out in post. But it sounds like you said you could send us bottles of Eagle Rare from CVS. <laughs> <laughs> like CVS store picks. So can you, so can you like, use your CVS card to get, get some points uh, uh, Eagle Rare? Vons, which is a, uh, I think they're a Kroger brand. Yeah, Vons is a supermarket, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they have Blanton's. It's a little different out here, but of course, you know, the, the very Eagle rare, you know, the, the, um, antique for, you know, of course yeah. you can't find yeah, that, yeah, the um, yeah. you know, you, every now and then you can find a bottle of Pappy for retail. Oh, wow. Uh, oh my God. But, now, do you, but, you know, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. finish your thought. No, I was just saying that, you know, it's out there. So if I really hunt it, I could probably find 
but I just have it. I mean, if I come across something, I'll buy it. Right. You well, know, you know I, I don't, I'm not on message boards. I'm not on, uh, any bourbon you know, groups or anything like that. Yeah. Yo, that's yeah. I'm dope. not doing auctions or any of that. Oh, wow. You know what the Bible says? You have not because you hunt not. <laughs> I think it says something like that. Is that book of choice elations? <laughs> choice elations. So real quick though, because I can't remember what uh, Jeff from OC Body Shop said. So do you guys have like an ABC commission out there? Is there like you know? Is it regulated by the state? No, because uh, like for instance, grocery stores sell alcohol right in there. We don't have ABC stores. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can go into Costco because I know like there are some states where right there the grocery store has a liquor store next to it that belongs yeah. to them, right? Right, and they always sell beer and wine in it. No spirits are are sold in stores. Oh, there, wow. there, there aren't any ABC stores okay. out here. So those stores, there is, can, I mean, there, I'm sorry. No, I was saying so those stores can sell whatever product for whatever price they they want to place it at, right? Or or do you have like a limit? Um, yeah, the grocery stores, you know. The, the liquor stores are going to see a 35% markup probably. I got you. Uh, you know, of course, except for the unicorns. You know, I mean, you know Pappy's going to cost you, you know, 700 1000 depending on which one it is. Right. Ooh. You know, Blanton's probably going to be about $120. Oh, uh, wow. E.H. Taylor's probably going to be about $99. Oh, okay. You know, in the, in the, in the but at the, at the grocery store, you know, the Blanton's is going to be $62. Wow. Uh, you know, E.H. Taylor's 59 Eagle Rare is, you know, I mean, it's I think twenty seven dollars. Wow, that's um, crazy! But but if you get Eagle oh, Rare at CVS, you get oh, no. You're going to trip on like Weller Special Reserve. Yeah, is oh, wow. probably going to be, you know, twenty three, twenty five dollars. Oh wow! If you find it, you know, oh. if you find it in a uh, you know in a retail store, yeah, that store. sounds right. Yeah, uh, it's about that's, right. that's appropriate. Yeah, but at CVS you can get one of them long receipts though. I that's mean, fine. I'll take. I'll, I'll wrap my I'll wrap my bottle of Eagle Rare in it. Receipt. <laughs> By what a coupon for something that you never buy. One roll of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It goes in the trash as soon as I walk out. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of hard to pinpoint what you get on the air if you're not hunting any bottles or whatever. But you know, what, what do you does he get on the air on Shadow Ridge? Could I finish? I mean, my bad. Yeah. I'm I can't just e- curious. Can't man. even fumble <laughs> out here in these streets. <laughs> so what do you get on the air with, with your product, man? One more time. What do you, what do you get on the ear with your spirits that you're you're putting out? You know, bourbon's got a nose, it's got a palate, it's got right. you know. So we think it's got a ear. Bourbon is uh, so it's fifty three percent corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have about five percent rye. I have some wheat in there, and then I have three different types of barley. I have a home brewing background. I home brewed for you know twenty five plus years, so I really like working with barley. I like the flavors that you can get from it. And, you know, the, the spectrum of barley goes from very light all the way to roasted chocolate. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of cool flavors. Working so, with that. so musically on the ear or what do you? On the ear or my bad. Bro, ear. You, just, yeah. you just outed yourself, you, man. You, you don't broke, listen to Black and Brown? You, you broke down the mashy. <laughs> we, no, we got I the mashy. He said, he, said, what do you, he said, what do you get on the ear? He said, I got a lot um, of corn in that I joint. I said 50, 53% corn. I <laughs> get an ear of corn. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped bars on me. He's like, 53% oh, corn. Yeah, yeah, I fucks yeah, with the barley. So, you know, one of my favorite bands, believe it or not, is a band called Tool. Oh, yeah, yeah, and okay. And a song, 46 and 2. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And, you know, just the, the bass line in it. Okay. And, you know, the way the guitar comes in with it. And just, I can just sit back. I can relax. Okay. I can enjoy a sip, enjoy a pour. 
and just kind of lose myself in it. Oh, wow. nice. Tool, I like 46 that. 46 and 2. That's 46 and 2. That's our first 46 and 2. I'm at the jump. This is our first tool on the. Uh, are, so are they still touring? Tool? Uh, they are touring right now. Yeah. No way. Okay. I so remember I them. I them right before COVID. And, um, you know, they did come back to San Diego, but it was like a Wednesday night or something. And I'm, hell, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> He's a baby. Yeah, I'm about to say, man. Yeah, you a baby. Dude. <laughs> Got some old about, heads over here. Fifty. <laughs> That's dope, man. So, so let's move into the meat and potatoes of things, like my cousin likes to say. This is where we dig deep and get into it. So, tell our listeners and, and us about your brand. So, my wife and I started this in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is is one of those things that. We, we don't have kids. We're dual income, no kids, getting killed in taxes. Okay. <laughs> said, you know, you either need to buy another house, have a kid, or start a business. So <laughs> we started a business. Oh, wow. Guess what? Wow. Yeah, so I, I, and so I had one of my fraternity brothers approach me and say, hey, let's make some moonshine. And, you know, I was like, moonshine, like you want to sell out of the back of your truck, or moonshine, you want the white whiskey. Mm. So we kind of went down that road. Uh, but, you know, the I, I think I want to say that the craftsman in me from doing beer so long is I, I couldn't make white whiskey. I just couldn't. Yeah, but, I mean, I got I, you. I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something in your spirit. Couldn't, couldn't have you do that, huh? No, nah, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't do it. I mean, there's too many nice brands out there. There's too many good flavors out there. Right. And there's too many good barrels out there just begging to have some whiskey put in it. So. <laughs> That's what like I, I said. My, my wife and I started like. this. Uh, we we started doing pilot batches 2016. We went into production 2017, and you know we just kept plugging away, moving forward, packing barrels away. So, like I said, I'm uh, I, I still work full time. My wife still works full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a, uh, a passion you know, project, more or less, a really expensive hobby for us. Yeah, yeah I got but, you. I got you. You know, I mean, Shadow Ridge is 100. percent Grand of glass, we do all in-house fermentation, um, you know, never source. We, I like to play with different grains, I like to play with different yeast. Right. I like to set the still up different ways. Um, I think right now I'm at 14 spirits, oh, wow. uh, five whiskeys, three rums, agave, and gin. Wow. And, you know, playing with a few other things. Um, everything I sent, everything that you have is 90 proof. But okay, I, am, okay, I was about to ask you that. The, uh, I'm gonna, I am just, I'm gonna start bottling barrel strength of the bourbon and rye. I got you. Oh, wow. I got you. Mm. So with you know, with all your grains that you work with and your and your and your barrel process, so is all that local to California, or do you get that from other parts of the country? Or yeah, so you luckily, you know, you guys have Asheville there. We have San Diego. You know, there's 130 breweries here, right. so there's an infrastructure to support that. Right. Uh, so we have in North County, there's two very large grain warehouses that we can basically get any malt that we want. And there's a couple labs here. One's called White Labs that we can get pretty much any yeast that we want. So it's not necessarily um, I think, you know, because of land, there's not a whole lot of grain coming through there. I mean, America doesn't produce a lot of barley anyways right. compared right. to some of the other countries. Um, you know, we do do a lot of wheat, a lot of corn. Uh, but, you know, it's coming from other states, primarily, you know, the Midwest. Um, I do do a peated single malt that gets imported from England, from Ooh. Simpson. Um, 
So we we have our pick of the litter. I haven't gone as deep as there are distillers out there that, you know, like Frey Ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I applaud what they do. You know, they, they have everything there. Right. I mean, I'm in San Diego, so <laughs> <laughs> land's expensive enough. Sure. Sure. I can imagine. So, um, you know, there's not a lot around here as far as there's a lot of agriculture, but it's strawberries, fruit, things like that. Not a lot of grain. Yeah. So um, I just I just go for really reputable brands that are out there. Yeah. Right. That I know have a good product. Right. And those are the tri- those are the uh, the malting houses that I stick with. Okay, so you have a follow up? Yeah, just just one little okay, real quick. So uh, you know, back in you know, I guess 2016, 2017, when you start your your company, um, how did you determine like you know your your mash bills? You know, because I know you you know you, know, you sent us a bourbon, a malted, um, a single malt, and a rye. The rye. And um, so, how did you like? I mean, because I know you said you experimented some stuff. So, how many times did you? I guess come up with your formulas as far as your your um, your mash billing, you know, to to make the product that you're you're serving now. So you you should have four different ones. You should have a bourbon, a rye, an American single malt, and a peated single malt. Yeah, yes, that's okay. right. Yeah, 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 my bad. Okay. That's what. That's yeah. what okay, no, no, I thought I'm like, oh man, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You did, you did, you did. So so basically, these are all um, my first recipes. Oh yeah, I tried. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I, the, I did pilot batches, and there's a company called Barrel Mill that has oak spirals, and they can pretty much simulate what the barrel is going to do. So okay. you know, six weeks gave it a taste, and I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. Oh wow! And I mean, if it didn't work out, I could change it up. Right, I, I mean, got that's you. Kind of the beauty of it. Um, you know, our process of bottling also we we bottle on demand, so just as needed. So when I, I so what I pull for the first, you know, bottling out of that might yeah. take completely different from the second bottling just sure. because it might be in there another few months. I got you. So these are all single barrels, then. Yeah. Okay. So you don't. Okay. You ain't any kind of blend. Yeah. So I barrel in five, ten, fifteen. 30 and 53 gallons. Okay, that is my question. That was my question. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, So a follow-up to to the grains you use and everything. We interviewed um, Elizabeth McCall McCall from Woodford Reserve. And she Mm -hmm. she was speaking to the fact that you said, like, it's really hard to get barley here in the U.S. I think a lot of the barley coming in, she was saying, was from, was it Eastern Europe, I think, somewhere, right? Yeah. So they're working, yeah. on, they're working on an initiative to try to get more barley grown here in the U.S. Are there any of your like colleagues out there that you work rye. with? Was it rye? I think it was rye. Okay, maybe maybe it was rye. We'll we'll check yeah, that. Uh, but but are you working with any colleagues to try to grow this grain that you need locally or in states near you that you can get access to? Uh, not really, because you know, I mean, I the logistics of it. Because there has to be a malting house nearby mm-hmm. in order to. I, I like working with malted grain. I really don't do cereal cooks, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, with unmalted grain. So, you know, I mean, it, the logistics of, of getting the grain to the malting house, and there aren't any, you know, a lot in Southern California. They're mostly at the malting houses that are here, like Admiral Malting up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they can do it, but again, the. The cost, I think, would be prohibitive yeah. to do that just because of the land needed for it. But on a larger scale, uh, you know, the Midwest and areas like that with malting houses, it, it's very viable okay. to do that. Very nice. So, so what's the age statement of these, these four um, offerings you sent us? 
So they're all between uh, two and a half and okay. uh, four years. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it was weird. Like when when we when we nosed them for me initially, that single malt was really really heavy. Like smelled like hay. You know, so when you said it was peat, I was like, yeah, that's you what I was it. getting. Oh, okay. Yeah, really. Yeah, so there's an unpeated. Yeah. They have a roasted barley in it. Okay. And then there's the peated. Okay, so the unpeated so will probably American, be the American sorry, single malt? The American, yeah, the American single malt is non-peated. Okay. Okay, okay let me try that but one. But it, it is going to be earthy. I like, yeah, it's really earthy. Yeah, I like really. the rye. The rye is really spicy. Was was that your intent to make the rye really, really spicy? Yeah, because, you know, rye traditionally are, are you know, a little more spirit forward. Uh-huh. So there's only, believe it or not, about 55% uh, rye in there. It's oh. not a big, heavy grain, rye grain bill. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's one of the good things about barley, that it it's a good, um, you know, enhancer of the other grains that are there. They have their own flavor, but they can enhance the other, the other grains that are in there. Huh. So, I mean, like, if you look at, you know, a, a bourbon... There's, I mean, a corn doesn't have a lot of flavor. I mean, that's why you put butter, salt, and pepper on it, whatever. <laughs> so, but it's, it's sweetness. so, you know, the barley kind of adds a backbone to that. The rye is basically, the only thing I did is took out the corn and substituted it with rye. Because it has the same barley, it has the same amount of wheat, mm-hmm. but you. it's 55% rye. Oh. So how's the, how's the um, yeast you're using of, affect the flavors and everything? Uh, yeast add a, add a lot of flavor. I mean, I don't use distiller's yeast. I use beer yeast, ale yeast. Ah, okay. Specifically Belgian. Okay. Because, you know, brewers have spent a lot of time, because, you know, brewing, once you're done fermenting, that's your product. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, with us, we're only, you know, we're only two thirds of the way there once we're done fermenting. You know, we've mashed, we ferment it, but we still need to distill. Mm-hmm. I'd say even, you know, at the end of fermentation, halfway there, because there's still the, the barreling. Okay. So, you know, White Labs and Fermentis, uh, Omega, you know, all these big beer companies, they make distilling yeast also. But when you read the description of the beer yeast, it tells you all the flavors, everything that's going to come out. It's going to, a lot of them are going to tell you if you, you know, if you ferment at this temperature, or if you ferment the higher end, you're going to get this. You look at the stiller sheets, it just says, hey, it makes alcohol. <laughs> so I like using Belgian L yeast because it gives big esters. Okay. And that's what you need in the barrel to, to mature a spirit. I wow. thought he was about to say matriculate. Yeah. I really thought he was going to say matriculate. <laughs> How's so, it go? <laughs> so is your background in chemistry or in type of, you know, chemical engineering or anything like that? Uh, you know, how'd you get into, you know, Not doing uh, okay. Not at all. Oh, really? Okay, I got you. Because you know, because a lot of times, you know, you know, was that? Uh, I was a I was a business major undergrad, and I have a master's from USC in uh, in public administration. Oh, gotcha, hey, gotcha. Running a business, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is definitely yeah, the a YouTube and, and Amazon are great resources. <laughs> true story. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I, I and all, but I did do the brewing program at UC San Diego. Okay. okay, gotcha. Uh, extension, yeah. And the beautiful thing about that is they have industry people teaching. So, like, one of the instructors was Yusef Cherney, who started, uh, you know, he's one of the co-founders of Ballast Point and Cutwater. Oh, okay. and, uh, So, he was their distiller. So, you know, he was one of the lead advisors. Chris White, who owns White Labs. Okay. Uh, was an instructor. Uh, so, you know, you had head brewers from a lot of this. And, I mean, honestly, the... 
the um, fermentation has always been near and dear to me mm-hmm. because you can't make chicken soup out of chicken bleep. <laughs> so if you have a bad fermentation, you know, it, the still isn't going to make it any better. Yes, we have, mean, we have heard that. that. Yeah, we have heard those that. Flavors. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on getting the fermentation right, picking the right yeast. Uh, I mean, you know, so I use Belgian L yeast for my whiskeys. Uh, for rums, I use white wine or I use uh, a Kavik, which is a Nordic yeast that can ferment at really high temperature and gives, you know, incredible fruit notes. Um, same, I use that for agave also. Mm. Uh, for my gin, I did 100% wheat, uh, but I just use like a neutral, a, a California L yeast. This is a very neutral yeast. Wow. But, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time looking at my yeast and, and figuring out what I want to use. But I, I've always kind of circled back to the Belgian. So, you know, as you mentioned before, like recipes, yeah, my grain bills haven't changed that much, but my yeast has. I got you. Oh, wow. So um, uh, I know I know. I was going to ask. I'm sorry, I just blanked for a second. Can you tell us and the listeners about, because I know you're um, a Navy vet, and the Navy's dear to your heart, the name Shadow Ridge, how that came about and, and how that led you to create um, the one spirit you're so passionate about, the, the Navy Strength Rum. The 1893? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Shadow Ridge is actually a neighborhood in, um, in Vista, Northern California, and that's where we we're actually set up to, to put the distillery. But we ended up partnering with another distillery, Oceanside Distillers, and going there. So we kept the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the name, we had already received some traction and, you know, we were already, um, we weren't selling, but we were getting a following, some interest. So we decided just to keep the name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we rebranded as SR Distilled mm-hmm. from Shadow Ridge, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're, we're, they're still interchangeable. Uh, the 1893 is um, the year that the Navy Chief Petty Officer rank was established. Uh, of, uh, okay. So for E7, uh, our chiefs, E8s are senior chiefs, E9s are master chiefs. My dad's retired master chief. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that, that the chiefs do in the Navy is, you know, the junior officer, they, you know, they take you under their wing and, you know, they train you basically. Yeah. Right. Even though you all rank them, you know, they have the knowledge. So it's always, you know, hey, listen to your chief. You know, they're the <laughs> deck plate leader out there. So, you know, I really did this for my father, but also, uh, you know, of course, my father had a lot of friends that were, they were chiefs and, you know, those men had a very important part in my, in my uh, formative years, Nice, uh, you know, just always around them. And so, and then when I was in the Navy, I, you know what I mean? They, they trained me, right. you know, they trained me how to be a good officer. That's dope. Fair that's nice. that's dope, nice. man. That's I mean, a great story. That is. That's it. That's worth the so, pass for mission. So you have all these, you have these um, different varieties of spirits. What do you drink? Like on, on, a, on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, you come home. Traffic, like what, is, yeah, traffic yeah. is bad in San Diego. You come home with a 13 gallon. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking like, about? What are you drinking? Uh, Maker's Mark Private Selection. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. then when you're getting high on your own supply, what are you drinking? Like, which one are you drinking? Oh, uh, God. What kind of day did I have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to have a gin and tonic. But uh, no, normally uh, my bourbon, um, yeah. you know, I'll jump into that. Um, I'm not a big cocktail guy. So, you know, I'll drink it neat. Right. I might have an ice cube in it. 
if it's Ooh. you know a hot day. Yeah. But um, also uh, the the peated single malt. Nice. Single if malt. I just want to relax and sit down, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I'm that's what I'm going <clears> to drink. So so of the um, four uh, products that you sent us, you would say your um, your bourbon is your favorite out of out of these four. You're the ones you um, go to the most. You know, I I really I'm put you on the spot there for a quick. I mean, spot actually, it. probably as far as check his line, Silverback. Yeah, check his line. I'm checking it. I mean, it, it, it's hard for me <laughs> to be a consumer because I sure. made it. You know, right? And I got I'm, you. And I'm super critical. I'm drinking right. in the warehouse, dog. I had. I mean, the you know, I the rye. Um, you know, it has a, has another special place. Yeah, I just I I um. I really like how the flavor comes through on sure. that. Sure. Um, the American single malt was a, a pure experiment. That was just an ode to my brewing because, you know, when you start brewing, the, the hardest beers to make are like lagers. You know, like, I mean, oh, really? Lager, believe it or not, it's a hard beer to make because all so the IPA, So you said a lager is harder to make than like an IPA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the easiest beer to make is a stout. Huh. I mean, you can mess up all day long, and <laughs> chocolate because the, the grain is so robust uh, that it's going to hide all the flaws that you make. Whether gotcha. it got oxygenated or you know, I, it really won't hide an infection. But I mean, you can make a lot of mistakes. Gotcha. I always, when people used to ask me, "Hey, I want to brew a beer," you know, what do you want a beer? Oh, I want to brew, brew a pilsner. I'm like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> An imperial, like a stout, imperial stout, do it. So I took that same approach when I came up with when I was doing whiskey. I used basically a stout grain bill okay. and distilled it. Yeah, so true. when you, yeah, if you taste that, it's going to have like a dark chocolate coffee, um, you know, finish to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, um, I, um, I waited until tonight to try, you know, to try your sample that you sent me. And so far. Um, that American single malt is my favorite. I like to rock yeah, myself. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, because I'm not a single malt guy, so for me to say that is is is, is something else. Because yeah, he ain't lying. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not. But I mean, I don't know. It's 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 sweeter. It's sweeter than I, w- I would think. Like a single malt would be. I'm, I'm not sure why, but um, it's hitting my palate real soft tonight. <clears throat> I think what he was I mean, saying is we want some we want some bigger bottles. A, uh, <laughs> single malt with Pete. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the things. I mean, there are you know a lot of non-peated single malt. I mean, like Brulotti has a uh, even though they're in Isla, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of their scotches are non-peated. Huh. And but it, it also has to depend. A lot of distillers that do use barley just use what we call straight two row, which is a base malt. It gives you a lot of sugar, but it doesn't have a lot of flavor. It's the it's minimally processed. Mm. So to really get some of these flavors, you really have to go into some of the toasted barleys. And um, usually for my base malt, I'm using a German malt, like a Munich or Vienna, that has a has a more flavor to it than just a two row. Okay. And so you know that's possibly why it's a little bit sweeter. I mean, you know, we don't back sweeten anything. Uh, you know, there's there's residual sweetness, but there's no sugar. Gotcha. So, that. so would you say that you um, the diversity of all the things that you have, right? You have so much stuff that you make. Like, what do you think is next? Because there's so many, I think, distillers and brands. Everybody's moving into the American whiskey category, specifically bourbon, rye, right? Um, 
do you think that one day Jen's going to be that that flagship spirit in the U.S. or rum, maybe? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think it's going to be shared amongst, like, several. I think, you know, rum is, um, I mean, you know, what Richard Sill has done with Foursquare is just incredible. Mm. Um, you know, with some of the rums that he has out there. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're amazing. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of distilleries are moving away from that London dry, you know, juniper bombs. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting a lot, a lot of different rums out there. And that is, I think where distillers are able to use, you know, local ingredients more than say like, you know, a barley or, or, you know, your grain bill, they're getting local botanicals. I mean, they're out foraging, uh, you know, local botanicals that, that are just native to their areas. So I think you're going to see a lot more people that are moving to craft. We're going to be looking for, you know, craft gins. Hmm. And then you can't discount tequila. I mean, what they've done, I mean, there's so much of it. So I think you're going to see more American agave coming out. Uh, you know, we're doing agave. Uh, there's actually probably about four distillers in San Diego doing agave. Mm. But larger companies are, you know, that, that are actually have, you know, their name on the map or, or moving to doing American agaves. Nice. Very nice. Wow, I still, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I, you know, I'm still curious, man. You got to take me back to, to 16, 2015, 2016, like when you start this thing. So I know you started this with your wife, right? Um, and she was a hundred percent on board from day one. One hundred percent. All right, because you got to give me what you said, because I might try this line on my wife. You know what I'm <laughs> I was literally said, "Hey, so Tom's dropped out. Do you want to do this?" And she said, "Yes." Wow. Oh, wow. Conversation went. Oh wow. Nice. So no convincing. So what does she drink? I mean, is she a spirits person? She drink beer. Oh, yeah. She drink wine. Bourbon. Yeah, bourbon. Oh, uh, very nice. Okay, very nice. so she's yeah. the better half for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's bourbon. I mean, she does like rye. Don't get me wrong. She likes rye. Yeah. Also, oh. she's not a big Scotch, you know, fan. Especially it not nothing peated. Really, she doesn't gotcha. like anything. Yeah, yeah. The, the peat is rough. But, yeah, uh, peat is tough. Yeah, man. I mean, bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. is not built for that. Yeah, uh, you know, she likes Elijah Craig. She likes Taylor uh, Makers. Uh, Woodford, yeah, you name it. It starts with a B. She likes it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, as you guys were matriculating, Mm. right? As you were building, (laughs) as you were building this brand, what was you know? This dude got a lot of degrees. He he thinks that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) But what what was the biggest challenge you guys faced as you were trying to build this brand and get the steel up and running? Like, what was the biggest challenge? Ah, God, you know. The um, I felt we fell into a really, really good situation where I found another distiller that worked full time. So the distillery was sitting empty six days a week. Hmm. Oh, okay. So it was already licensed, ready to go. Had you know 120 gallons still in there, three offset columns. Um, you know we had room for barrels, and so. You know, I mean, it was it was a lot easier for me than it is for most because, you know, like most states, California, you can't apply for a license until you have a signed lease and your equipment on order. Oh wow! So, and then wow. depending on the city, and you know, a lot of it, TTB is easy. 
you know, it, it's like a week and a half. They're done. You know, like you don't have any felonies. They do a background check on you. You're fine. <laughs> you know, state of California is just waiting for permits from your city. So, uh-huh. you know, the ABC, yeah, so the ABC is just waiting for permits. Uh-huh. So depending on what city you're in, you know, it's a little tougher. So I didn't have to deal with a lot of that. Um, you know, I started with the distillery that was basically an incubator, you know, had eight brands working out of there. And then I went to, uh, you know, where I am now. So a lot of it was just self-funded, uh, you know, materials, paying half the rent, um, you know, equipment maintenance. Uh, so and I think not having the stress of my mortgage, depending on whether we sold or not, it, oh. it just made it easy. Yeah, mm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Gotcha. Position of strength. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the what's the five year outlook for SR Distill? What's what's the goal? I mean, you're an independent <laughs> distiller. You, yeah. You're doing it on the weekends, putting out a dope product. You know what I mean? People, people, you're getting a following. You're growing. Um, what's the plan? You know, it, it's um, my God, man. I, you know, <laughs> you would think that'd be an easy question. Yeah. But I'm literally taking it day by day. Okay. Uh, you know, well, I mean. Our business model, of course, when I went into this, I didn't have the same business model. It changed, you know. Right, of course, right. I wanted to build a big brand, um, but I kind of got diverted. Um, I have a district because I, I have a distribution license. So technically, you know, I'm a private label. Okay. But yeah, so the first client that I actually was a distributor for was Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. Ah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And so it, you know, that took up a lot of time. So, you know, my barrels were kind of just sitting around. Uh, so started with them in 2018 and I, I continue to work for them uh, to basically do, you know, logistics and distributor relations for them still. So, you know, whenever I want to see a big brand, I can just, you know, I can see it whenever I walk through, through a grocery store, Costco, you name it, mm-hmm. and, you know, nation, it's nationwide, actually international now because in Canada also. So now with my brand, um, I really enjoy selling through the tasting room, having oh. people coming and taking tours. I can sit down with them because there's not many places you can go and actually sit down to the distiller right. and have them walk you through a tasting. Right. So it's a lot either. Plus, I don't have the time to go out and get accounts and, you know, fulfillment and those things. Um, I, you know, I, I like people walking out with bottles instead of, you know, my bottles leaving in a brown box going to a, a liquor store or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we do have some accounts, but, you know, we really like being small. We really like being boutique. Um, you know, in California, you can purchase online at least until, uh, what's the date? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until a week from uh, tomorrow because uh, law, you know, they haven't signed it into law yet. Um, you know, direct the customer. It was extended till the 31st. Oh, but, wow. you know, so we've been selling online. We've actually moved a lot of product online, um, you know, just doing some guerrilla marketing and, you know, people coming through the tasting room and, and you know, sitting down, tour, tasting, walking out with several bottles. Well, I got OC Bottle Shop listening, so you might be yeah. getting a call yeah. after this joint hits the <laughs> airwaves. True, true story, true story. Hustle Man is out yeah. there. You know what I'm impressed with with Sean, though? He's so, he's so forthcoming yeah. with like his process, his mash bills. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what gives you the confidence that somebody's not just going to you know, listen to what you did and go out and start a, a brand and try to compete against you with your stuff? So, you know, it, <laughs> if somebody wants to go in and start a brand to make something like, 
like something else taste or wasting their time basically because <laughs> you know oh one thing you know people would come up to tasting it's like hey what do you have that tastes like woodford reserve and yeah. i said you know go go to the grocery store buy a bottle of woodford reserve because <laughs> <laughs> we go into this to make spirits that taste like anything else but i mean the environment that i ferment in um you know my mash bill i, I could take mash bills from heaven hill i take it from buffalo trace doesn't matter they can tell me exactly what they did what yeast even give me their yeast it's not going to taste like theirs taste just because mm-hmm. of our still is different yeah i mean you you have so many different uh factors on how the final flavor tastes my cuts versus the cuts that they're doing or the, versus the cuts that you know someone else is going to do you know i i might i like going a little bit deeper in the tails you know, I like doing mm. a very conservative head cut. Yes. Um, those mm. are the things that I think make my spirits taste the way they do. My my whole uh, you know mantra is don't be greedy. So you know when I when I sh- go to ferment, I do my mash. I'm only shooting for you know seven to twelve percent ABV in my in my beer because you know. I don't want to get a big AVB to get a big yield because it's going to taste like crap. There's going to be a lot of off flavors, a lot of alcohols created that I don't want to deal with when I distill. Right. When I distill, I'm very conservative with my cuts. I don't want to make anyone sick. I don't want to make anyone go blind. Uh, plus, there's a lot, of, you know, just to Im- improve my yield, to me, it's not worth it what I'm going to give up in flavor by, you know, starting my head cut right after my four shot. Mm. So Bars. when I when I start Bars. collecting my my hearts, I like going deep into the tails, but not too deep because there are a lot of fusel oils in there can make it cloudy, and it's going to have to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, in the barrel, which I don't have a problem with. Um, when I barrel, I, I leave headspace. I don't fill my barrel all the way to the top because one thing you, that you need for a spirit to mature is oxygen interaction. Mm. So I don't get greedy and fill my barrel all the way to the top, you know, knock the bung in it because it's going to take a year or two just for enough evaporation to happen to get that oxygen interaction and start breaking down some of those esters in there. Bars. So I don't mind giving up, you know, a few, you know, quarts of alcohol, you know, a, a, a gallon of headspace, you know, that means that I have to buy an extra barrel. So be it to me, it's worth it. Um, but you know, that's just me. Gotcha. Hey, show is on. It's been bars. Team backpack. Where, where you go? Liquor college? <laughs> I was giving it up. It's like, he's like, I don't need to do all that. <laughs> I'm trying to make quality stuff. Red. He said, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. I like it. You don't get greedy, huh? I do have one last question for you, Sean. Um, you know, being, um, you know, uh, African-American and in a space that's not really dominated by, by, you know, minorities, um, did you get any pushback by that, or you know, anybody try to try you, try to say you don't know what you're doing, or have you got any, any you know, negative feedback about that? Um, luckily, not to my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because you know, sometimes, man, you know, that old, you know, that old school type of stuff. You know what I mean? You know, actually, I mean the the Distillers Guild here has been very inviting, very supportive. Um, you know, I haven't done a lot outside of the state, so I don't know, you know, what other people are dealing with. Um, but, you know, I mean, we've had a lot of support just from the fact of being, you know, one of the only, you know, we're, I'm a handful of black whiskey distillers in the country. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, true story. You yeah. have Ron Gomes at Painted Staves. You have the Nords. 
Um, but as far as like doing grain to glass, you know, there, there's probably less than 10 of us that mm-hmm. are doing whiskey. I mean, there are some vodka distillers out there, uh, you know, Black Mama. Um, P. Diddy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, what I got a big laugh. You know, I, but I, I haven't dealt with a lot of the big guys, you know, because I'm, I'm basically a gnat out here, you know, flying around you. an elephant. Yeah. So, you know, we're so small, so we haven't made a splash. You know, we're operating in our, in our same space. And you know what? Regardless, I'm still going to continue to do what I'm doing. Dope. That's, yeah, that's, that's, nice. dope. that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's good, man. We've, we've, I think we've found the same thing, too. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like, you know, the, the industry is very inviting right. and, and, and wanting to expand. And, and we are the emerging market. So the more yeah. we, can, we can be more inclusive, the more, you know, yeah. success everybody has, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, this is dope. Yeah. Hey, man, um, real quick, man. Uh, shout your frat, man. You said that earlier. You kind of glazed over that, man. So what fraternity are you a part of? Omega Sci-Fi. Ah, nice, okay, nice. Okay, okay. A Q. Give us some. Give us some atomic dog to take them out. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the outro. <laughs> you know they can't resist that one. You know we're going to put it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, yeah, Sultan Muhammad, one of my fraternity brothers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's his fault. I got you. I got <laughs> yeah, you. I got you. It's Yo. all his fault. Maybe I can ask for some money. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> tell the listeners where they can find you and follow you and get your product until the 31st before Cali screws it all up for everybody. So you can go to our website, which is uh, srdistilled.com. You can follow us on Instagram at, at srdistilled. Uh, we're also available through Keg and Bottle and their website. They actually, they actually ship outside of the state. Oh, cool. And coming soon to OC Bottle Yeah, Shop. and we're uh, coming to a total wine uh, in San Diego. So, oh, we, nice. we are going to start. I stand, man. Continue nice, success, man. Continue success. All right, we wish you the best of luck, and we'll be looking for your product once you. You, once you blow it off in five years and it goes uh, nationwide. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Thank sir. you very much. I appreciate your time. No yeah. doubt, man. Thanks for coming Thank through you, on man. our first um, nice you, joint effort with Spirit Media. Uh, for the Black and Brown team, I'm your man A. Colbert with Dub A. Stevens. Yes, Delvin Joyce, the People's Choice. Take us out when you're ready. Stay black, keep it brown. <laughs>